This is Golf Talk Canada, celebrating 10 years as Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program. Presented by SmartGolfDeals.com, the smartest way to shop for golf. Visit SmartGolfDeals.com for promotions and savings. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. Well, it's not just a Golf Talk Canada on a Thursday. I'm declaring it Good News Thursday. It's just simply Good News Thursday. Uh, Canadians playing well at Colonial. The fact that the PGA Tour is officially back up and running. I just got an email from our friends at Casa de Campo. They're reopening July 1st. I just saw some emails that a lot of Canadian airline travel uh, travels uh, airlines, excuse me, are opening up international uh, flight patterns again at the end of this month. Bob, it's a good news Thursday, and it's nice to be talking about golf that's actually happening versus golf we're anticipating. It's uh, a merry, merry golf, golfmas. That's what I'm calling it today, because you get to open this big present that is live golf and seeing all sorts of guys hitting shots. It's a little unusual to see how they're hitting some of these shots and where, uh, you know, there used to be stands and scoreboards and leaderboard or uh, marquee events and things like that. There's, it's kind of wide open. It's, uh, it's a different look for sure, but boy, it's great to be seeing some golf. And speaking of seeing that golf, obviously the broadcast later today on Golf Channel uh, and on the weekend, CTV and TSN has your third and fourth round coverage of Colonial, the Charles Schwab Challenge, the first event in the reboot of the PGA Tour season. We're going to talk a lot about that event today and golf that is actually happening. We'll keep you up to date on the leaderboard, keep you up to date on the Canadian story. We'll also take a look at some, maybe some fantasy stuff. Uh, who we like this afternoon in the PM wave. Who do we start? Who do we bench? We will take a small colonial timeout. We'll speak to Brian Crawford, who is the tournament director of the RBC Canadian Open. Great news official this week that uh, the membership at St. George's uh, uh, voted to stamp what we all anticipated, which is they will continue to be the uh, host course for the event that was supposed to happen this year. They're going to keep it at St. George's for 2021 for the RBC Canadian Open. And Scully's going to join Bob and I as well. We're going to talk a little Ryder Cup uh, news. Yesterday broke that uh, the format format on how you pick the Ryder Cup on the U.S. squad has changed. Six will qualify, six captains picks. We'll take a look on how that might shake out and who we would add to the team if we were picking today. Tons to get to, but let's start with some news and headlines. News and headlines are brought to you by the McKenzie Tour, PGA Tour Canada. Tomorrow's stars today. Well, Bob, you can't really go anywhere in the world today, even with a good news Thursday, without talking about protocol and COVID protocol. And the Memorial Golf Tournament will be the first PGA Tour event with spectators. It is the sixth tournament on the reboot schedule six weeks away from now uh, they are going to allow 8,000 fans originally we thought it was going to be 5,000 friend uh, fans excuse me our friend Bill Paul uh, had his kind of ear to the ground and kind of let us in he text uh, text you when we were live on the air that that the initial number looked like it was going to be five it lands on eight eight thousand spectators in attendance and there will be a protocol in place. They will have a six-question questionnaire and a temperature reading uh, at home. 
They will arrive at the golf course. They will have their temperatures again. This is assuming you're a badge holder, and you will answer those same six questions. If you answer yes to any of those six, or your temperature is uh, off the off the charts in terms of the range that is acceptable, you will be asked to uh, to leave the property, go home, and and take procedure, take your own uh, medical procedures from there. That seems to be the way it's going to go. At least that's the starting point, Bob, for the memorial. Yeah, and the one other interesting point, Mark, everyone's going to be asked to wear a mask. And if you don't bring a mask, one will be provided for you. Um, they've done some interesting things. There's still no grandstands, but they're going to have kind of areas where you can you can uh, socially distance and watch, say, around a green. They'll have kind of one-way tracking areas um, to keep the flow moving so people aren't bumping into each other going back and forth. You know, I uh, walk up and down Young Street a lot, a lot of times, and it's it's tough on Young Street just to socially distance. So I can't imagine what it's going to be like with eight thousand people, especially when you get down to the last few holes on Sunday. But um, this might be kind of the model for what we see going forward for the rest of the year, and and uh, I'm sure there'll be some interesting times and interesting situations. But um, it's it's going to be a little bit better than than what we've got right now in terms of of if you're a golf fan and want to go to a golf tournament. Well, and that's it, Bob. Any step forward, any responsible step forward is a good step forward. So, you know, we're not going to go overnight to 100,000 people again. That That's not going to happen. So uh, just like uh, if we bring it home, just the, like the way we've opened the province and are opening the city, um, the whole world, you know, in a way is going to reflect that, golf world being no different. And this is a great segue because Steve Stricker suggested uh, yesterday when asked about fans again at the Ryder Cup, which has been a, a kind of a hot topic late, lately with players having uh, a pretty strong opinion on this. And, and, in fact, we might as well put these headlines together because, because Brooks Kepka uh, uh, suggested that uh, some players would boycott a Ryder Cup if they decided to go ahead with a fanless Ryder Cup. Steve Stricker says, well, you know what, if we can get half the spectators we normal, normally do, if we're targeting 50%, and I don't know if he's just throwing these numbers around, we expect an announcement in the next few weeks, but he thinks that you know 50% should suffice. I suggest 8,000 should suffice. If they have any spectators at all, we can do it in a controlled environment. I say let's have a Ryder Cup. Yeah, I think Stricker was was really... He didn't have any more information than you and I have, but he was kind of throwing out a number that he thought would be uh, satisfactory, that would make the event what it is. Kepka, on the other hand, said, you know, without fans, really the only reason they would be going ahead is money. And and the players have always sort of had a little bee in their bonnet about how much money the PGA of America and the European Tour make off this event um, at their expense. Now, a few quite a few years ago, I guess now they had a boycott or threatened a boycott and then they ended up getting money to donate to charities in each of their name. But um, Kepka's response was pretty funny when he, when you saw him out there. And I think, I don't think anybody really wants to have this without a uh, uh, fans, except for those two bodies that, that could use the money. You know, it's interesting, Bob, uh, the next headline caught me off guard and it didn't catch me off guard because I didn't see it coming at some point. It, it caught me off guard on how quick this arrived. You and I have been talking about uh, different production models in the world of golf, and Phil Mickelson uh, suggested after the match that he would be open to wearing a mic in a PGA Tour event. Uh, so I think both of us saw this coming down the road. At some point, somebody might for network television, etc. Ricky Fowler already, immediately, first tournament back, 
going to wear a mic for uh, all four rounds at Colonial and found it interesting that this seemed to happen overnight. Find it even more interesting that his good friend and playing partner this week in the group with Jordan Spieth and himself, Justin Thomas, um, I, for lack of a better term, Pop, wasn't pleased with the announcement. Is that fair? Yeah, he was He was not a proponent of, of putting a mic on. And part of it, uh, listening at his press conference yesterday was interesting. Part of the reason, he said, was because he was sort of worried about <laughs> the words he would be using. And he didn't want that to come out on uh, on television but um you know i think anytime you have an athlete wearing a mic there's always a danger that something's going to slip out we've seen it in a lot of other sports uh tsn of course has a lot of curling coverage and and there's a famous curler from uh from alberta ben ben hebert who's kind of known for being the f- the f- four letter uh captain out there they always slip through but um, I think the upsides on, of these players wearing mics is so big, especially without fans out there. You just get a little bit of inside information that you wouldn't normally get, and I just think that's so good for the fan to sit there and say, okay, he's going to try and draw it in here, land it 10 feet behind the pin, and suck it back, and then watch and see if he can do it. See, I understand both sides of this, fence, but from a production perspective from a fan perspective i think you're 100 right i think it's a win-win win-win-win like we get inside a player's brain we get inside the conversation with the caddy uh, kind of a behind the ropes inside the ropes perspective from the player um i think it's the way the sport goes Eventually, if the TV product's better because of it, indirectly, it comes back around to the player and it's better for the player. Now, I know a Justin Thomas probably doesn't feel like that right now, but if it's good for TV, that means it's good for the tour. That means more money in his pocket down the road. Now, his mind's not working like that right now because I also understand his side of the fence. If he's sitting there and he's distracted by it, and I mean distracted by worried what he's saying, uh, trying to be guarded, uh, his brain is being pulled in another direction than you know worrying about what he's saying and and what's what part of his conversation is being picked up versus the shot at hand. That can be a distraction, and I totally get that. And you know what, Bob? I, I hate to say it, but this is part of the environment in the world we live in. We are so hypersensitive right now as a globe for, for many correct reasons, and at, at sometimes maybe too much the other way that we you know we want access to celebrities we want access to our athletes and we want to be brought in you know the circle so to speak but then when we hear something we don't like or there's an opportunity to take something maybe the wrong way or take something hypersensitive boy do we attack as a society today and boy do we tear somebody down today and I can see where Justin Thomas is coming from on this. You know, what if he slips something that, you know, would be deemed offside? Or what if something comes out emotionally and the next 12 months he loses $80 million because of, you know, sponsorship deals, et cetera, et cetera, because, you know, a hunk of society decided to make him a poster boy for a, boy for a dartboard. Can, can you see where I'm going with that? Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's, it's a, there's a, a fine line to be drawn between wearing it and not wearing it what you give up um, in your own personal space and what you allow the rest of the world to see. And and I can see both sides. I can see Ricky Fowler's side. I can see Justin Thomas's side. And I think there will be enough players on both sides of that 
equation that you'll get a good representation of players who will say, yeah, I'll wear a mic and, and that'll be enough. And the guys who don't want to wear it really don't have to. And if it doesn't, if it does start to go well, then I think you might see some go over to the other side. And if it doesn't go well, then they'll probably flop the other way. Now, speaking of good news, Bob, and this being Good News Thursday, if we, as we declared off the top of this show, all tests at Colonial came back negative uh, for coronavirus. And we had four positives on the Corn Ferry Tour, three caddies, one player. They determined that those tests were that they uh, uh, came in contact prior to arriving at the event. Uh, those people have been isolated, and the procedure is on course. But good news out of Colonial anyway. I know a lot of eyes on this event this week for different reasons other than uh, just golf, and uh, so far so good. It is. It's, uh, you know, it's, a, it's understandable that you are going to have, I think they had 387 or 400, you know, tests, all these tests and nothing at Charles Schwab and only four at the, at the Corn Ferry event all before they arrived on site. They were done in the pre-testing, uh, which was a saliva test. Um, you know, I'm, I'm saddened that there are some people out there who've got it, obviously, and, and we wish them all the, all the best. But uh, good news for the PGA Tour. I mean, this is an important week. They really want this week to come out and come off without any slip-ups, without any um, hiccups or, or things that would say, aha, told you so, those kind of comments. So um, it's good that uh, they've had a clean slate going forward. All right, Bob, uh, something I've been waiting to say uh, to you and have missed saying to you for uh, what feels like three years, but it's only three months. Bob, on the other side, we're going to take a look at a leaderboard, live golf on the PGA Tour. We'll jump into it, let you know how Canadians are doing early, what the leaderboard looks like at Colonial, and get you caught up on some of the live golf action in the world of the PGA Tour. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC was brought to you by SmartGolfDeals.com, the smartest way to shop for golf. This is Golf Talk Canada, celebrating 10 years as Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program. Presented by SmartGolfDeals.com. This segment of GTC is brought to you by TaylorMade and the all-new Sim and Sim Max drivers. Shape in motion. We reshape the drivers so you can reshape your game. Visit TaylorMadeGolf.ca to order yours today. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. Welcome back to a weekday edition of Golf Talk Canada. It's Good News Thursday, but Bob's going to play Grinch because, Bob, we got some breaking news, and unfortunately it isn't good news, so it doesn't fit the format of today's show. But uh, regardless, we should let our listeners know we've got some unfortunate news on PGA Tour champions. So the lone PGA Tour champion stop in Canada, the Shaw Charity Classic, which has been a huge success uh, since it was formed in 2013 has uh, been cancelled mainly because of the same reasons that uh, that led to the cancellation of the RBC Canadian Open just the um, problems with the border and getting players across and there's also a city of Calgary ordinance that uh, prohibits large gatherings of people so um, with the unknowns ahead this tournament uh, has been has had the plug pulled unfortunately it's uh, it's been, as I say, it's been a great event, but that's two down, and the only one left standing right now is the CP Canadian Women's Open, which will be scheduled, which is scheduled in September at uh, Shaughnessy Golf Club out in British Columbia. 
Uh, Bob, what were the original dates of the Shaw Charity Classic? That is a good question. I have it right in front of me here. Uh, it was supposed to be... Uh, Please say July something. <laughs> August Please 24th to 30th. Geez, 24th now. to the 30th of August, the end of August. So, uh, you know, oh, I, there's I a city have a hard of Calgary. time with this, Bob. I got a oh, hard a time city with of, this. No, no, hang on, hang on, Mark. Okay. There's a city of Calgary ordinance that, that canceled all event permits through the end of August. Oh, okay. So okay. same sort of situation that faced uh, the RBC Canadian okay. Open with the city of Toronto. So... Uh, Alberta's, you know, still still keeping the, the nose to the grindstone here in terms of, of trying to shut this thing down and keep the pandemic going. But um, it's a hard blow, obviously, because this is a popular stop. And as you say, it's still a fair ways off. We don't know what the extent of the pandemic is going to be back then. But I think with so many unknowns, it's hard to plan ahead that, that far. Right. Okay, so this isn't necessarily... Now, partly, because, again, like you said, it's unknowns and we're projecting. But this isn't necessarily as much a border issue as, say, the RBC Canadian Open was, where we were pretty firm that we were going to have an issue getting players into the country, into the country with without a, a, a large window of quarantine involved, uh, etc. cetera. Uh, from, from what I've been told, and, and trust me, I'm dealing with my immigration lawyer almost weekly because of my uh, PGA Tour radio duties, is that all all signs are pointing towards August, uh, and I don't want to use the term normal, but certainly an opening of our borders for August with maybe some type of middle ground as to where we used to be and where we currently are on how that border operates with quarantine travel, etc. None of that matters, though, Bob, to your point, if the city of Calgary is made their decisions, locked them in, on gatherings to the right up to the end of August till September first, it's a moot point. Yeah, it's uh, you know the, there's all sorts of things I think, and it's just the unknown of when these um, restrictions might come down, whether it's the international border or whether it's city restrictions or whatever. And I think, as I say, it's hard to plan for an event um, with those resti- with those unknowns ahead of you. All right, let's get back, Bob, to good news Thursday. Justin Rose is your early leader at the Charles Schwab Challenge. Now, Justin Rose is on the outside looking in well down the list, uh, outside the top 200 presently on the FedEx Cup points list. If you are trying to pick one player that needs to move and needs to move fast, Justin Rose would have been in everyone's top five, along with names like Sergio Garcia, Brooks Kepka, big names that are right now not in the FedEx Cup playoffs. Justin Rose working on a bogey-free Bob, seven under par through 13 holes. He teed off on 10. He's finishing now on the front side. And Rose is an interesting case, Bob, not just because of his FedEx Cup position, but also, let's go back a year ago, January. A year ago, January, he was the number one player in the world and a Team TaylorMade staff member. He leaves Team TaylorMade. He signs with HOMA. He wins his first event under the HOMA banner, which was at Torrey Pines. And after that victory, it was a downward spiral following shooting down the official world golf uh, ranking list and falling down the FedEx Cup points list. Rose back, back in a big way early. He's got his old clubs in his bag. No official deal with anybody, but Justin Rose now looking to play some good golf as we reboot here. 
Yeah, we should give some credit to uh, to Hanma because Justin Rose did win the Torrey Pines with Hanma clubs in his bag uh, when he first made the switch over a year ago. But you're right, he certainly <laughs> ended, his, ended his contract prematurely, and uh, that's never a good thing. So obviously there's a lack of confidence there. There's a lack of whatever he had before. Um, with the old clubs in the bag now, he's um, he's making a making a move, and it's a it's a really nice uh, start for for Justin Rose, as you said, the guy who probably needs one. Jonathan Vegas one off the pace at six under. Of course, we talked to Ralph Bauer, who is Jonathan Vegas's instructor yesterday, and Ralph is is at Colonial working with uh, the players that uh, are under his umbrella in the field. Uh, Vegas at six under par. Brian Harmon, Bob, the leader in the clubhouse. The lefty, 65. He goes out five under par. That round is on the board. Brandon Grace, four under par. The incredible bulk, Bryson DeChambeau. Another 30 pounds he has put on over this uh, uh, season. I call it three-month break. They're suggesting close to 30 pounds. He looks huge. He's four under, already leading the PGA Tour in driving distance uh, this season and about to get longer. His uh, trackman numbers are off the charts. He's at four under par. Rory Sabatini, four under par. Abraham Anser, four under par. Ian Poulter, another name outside the top 125 on the FedEx Cup points list, also at four under Par. We had some Canadian flags making moves early. Corey Connors and Adam Hadwin. In fact, Corey Connors was threatening the lead all day. Some troubles on 13. He has fallen back to 3-under alongside with Adam Hadwin at 3-under. Phil Mickelson also at 3-under. But so far, a nice little start, Bob, for Corey and Adam early in the Charles Schwab Challenge. Talking with, talking with Corey yesterday, uh, or the day before, he was really... Um, pleased with how he was playing, and he really felt that he was going to come out and make a good start. Of course, this is a perfect course for him. You know, put it in the fairway, put it on the green, <laughs> and uh, and hope your putter uh, figures things out. He's got he's 84% in greens and regulation so far. He actually had a 30 on the front side, made five birdies on the front side, and then on the par 3 13th, he hit his uh, tee shot into the water, which led to a double bogey. So that's the only glitch so far on his card. Uh, Adam Hadwin has been sort of smoothly rolling along as well. He just made a bogey on his uh, last hole on the on the 11th, which is a par five, which you never like to do. But uh, both good starts, and uh, and Mac Hughes is also under par at one under through uh, his first 10 holes. Very nice. A certain host of Golf Talk Canada, Bob, that uh, is part of our trio, and I'll just say it's me. Has a few ducats. On Corey Connors this week, got him at ninety nine to one, Bob. That wow. was what I got Corey Connors at ninety nine to one, and to all the uh, reasons we've been discussing uh, was the reasons I liked him. Too bad on the double, but it's early. He's obviously playing well to get out there in thirty. Let's see if he can rebound. Uh, before we go to break, Bob, on the other side, we're going to take a look at the big three going off this afternoon and what you anticipate from those big three and who do you think is going to rise to the occasion and who do you think might, if anyone's going to have a rough go, which is debatable, maybe they all, all three of them play well. We'll get into that on the other side. But out of the names that have come out of the gate earlier, early here and are playing well, any of them surprise you? Because i got to be honest with you, Justin Rose does surprise me at the top of this leaderboard. Yeah, well, I think that is a surprise, just considering the whole shuffle with his equipment. Um, that's that's kind of an unusual one. But other than that, you know, there's I, I really had very little way of sort of judging expectations because nobody's played a tournament round for three months, so you can't really go on on past form. 
um, and, and try and gauge something. It's so difficult to try and uh, handicap this thing other than you sort of know the golf course and you know the style of play the golfers play, as you said, with, with Corey Connors. But um, nothing, nothing jumps out ridiculously at me here so far. You know, uh, one thing that we might be learning immediately right now, Bob, is that Justin Rose has been working extremely hard during this break. That might be the 7-under through 13. On the other side, 1.06 uh, p.m. is the time. And what I mean by the time, 1, 2, and 3 in the world playing together this afternoon at Colonial. Bob and I will break it down next. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by SmartGolfDeals.com was brought to you by TaylorMade and the all-new Sim and Sim Max drivers. Shape in motion. We reshape the driver so you can reshape your game. Visit TaylorMadeGolf.ca to order yours today. This is Golf Talk Canada, celebrating 10 years as Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program, presented by SmartGolfDeals.com. This segment of GTC is brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories, including DigiFit Floor Liner, the most advanced concept in floor protection today. Visit WeatherTech.ca. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. And welcome back to Golf talk Canada as we talk real golf <laughs> golf that is being played on the PGA Tour Hogan's Alley Colonial Charles Schwab Challenge and Bob really the eyes of the golfing world is on 106 local 206 Eastern 90 minutes roughly from now one two and three in the world will go out Rory, Rory McIlroy John Rom, and Brooks Kepka. To me, Bob, that doesn't necessarily tell the story, though, because one, two, and three, and to your point, hard to handicap these guys considering nobody's played in a very long time. But if we go based on what we've seen and what we have seen in the last six months or so, then it is clearly one and two John Rahm theoretically looking to play well here. And Brooks Kepka, regardless of the sound bites he wants to give us, saying that he's coming after Rory now, Regardless of those sound bites, Brooks Kepka looking like you know what you got to prove something to us that uh, that that third current third uh, place ranking in the world means something because right now he's two hundred and sixteenth on the FedEx Cup points list and has really been absent so far. I'm a little uh, I'm a little worried about that mustache that he's got going. <laughs> it's, it looks a little cheesy to me. I don't know about that, but yeah. You know, um, all three of these guys, it's going to be really interesting to watch and see where they are. I mean, you're when you're number one at the end of the pandemic and you look at what Rory did, I mean, basically he had all his finishes were top fives or better this year. Um, and you look at where Kepka was, where his best finish was a tie for 43. You sort of wonder what's happened in between. Now, Kepka, I think, basically benefited from the time off. He, he healed up a little bit. He was obviously sore or something was bothering him even though he didn't really let on about that but I think I think you have to sort of sit and wait and see what happens with their first few swings and see where they are and see where their their intensity level is and see where they are um where their energy is don't forget you know these guys still even with this sort of pandemic shutdown that happened these guys are still sort of focused in on those majors that they've got coming up so 
yes, this is a big event to come back in. Yes, it's fun. It's great. It's good to be back playing golf. But you'll wonder how much intensity is there for a guy like Kepka who says, you know, he only practices for majors. Well, the only intensity, to your point, Bob, would be to suggest that, you know, he, he verbally said this week that he's gunning for Rory McIlroy. And six months ago, this is a guy that said that Rory McIlroy wasn't really in his rearview mirror, that there was kind of him and, and, and then everybody else. And now that script has been flipped. Uh, a lot can happen in six months, as we've seen. Now, you're right. Uh, Kepka went through an injury, had to heal, etc. I get that. If we throw all that narrative out the window, Bob, and we look at this threesome as uh, the way I guess we've been breaking down this tournament all week, and we look at style of play, the way this golf course needs to be played, uh, greens and reg being, um, I guess, a factor. Normally, Kepka, you know, during uh, his major run, he was a green and reg machine during his major run. But the fact that the greens are also a little slower, this is not going to be a putting contest. We know that. It is not a putting contest. Man, do, do I'm having a hard time not thinking that this is, uh, out of this threesome, that Rory isn't the favorite based on what we know about Colonial and know about the way it's currently set up. Uh, agreed. I think I think you're right. I think that... Uh... You know, as I say, I keep going back to it. It's hard to figure out where their games are, but based on what we know about the players and about the golf course, I, I agree with you. Um, and it's the other interesting aspect for me involving John Rahm is the emotions that he plays with and how much the lack of a crowd will either hurt or help him in that manner. We know that uh, he likes to wear his emotions on his sleeve. He likes to show everybody what's going on. He's been trying to manage that, and he's been getting much better at it. But when you think about a guy playing... In, in pretty much dead silence. Uh, I wonder how that will affect his game as well. Uh, I'm very curious about that as well. And I'm also curious about, you know, Rom might have more fire in the belly, to your point, Bob, than anybody out there. And, and like you said, the, the lack of atmosphere might hurt Rom. Flip side of that coin is, you know, I think Rom is the kind of guy that might get a little irritated with seeing some of these headlines about Rory and Kepkin and Kepka wanting to taste the Rory and, you know, Rory now being number one in the world. Let's not forget that there were a few occasions before we pulled the plug on the PGA Tour where there was a math, there were mathematical situations where John Rom could have walked out with number one in the world. Now, Rom probably right now, I got to say it, I don't think there's a better, is there a better golfer in the world right now, Bob? Not career-wise, not looking at the last 10 years, i.e. a Ricky Fowler, for instance, but right now on the planet, is there a better golfer without a major than John Rahm? He's got to be leading that list. And maybe that little chip on the shoulder for him to nudge Brooks and Rory and say, you two can make this about the two of you all you want this afternoon and maybe the rest of the way, don't forget about me. Uh, undoubtedly, yeah. I think I think, yeah. He's clearly the best player right now, playing in this tournament. Let's say without a major, and he's clearly when you're number two in the world, and you haven't won a major, you've done a lot of things right because you know those, you get a lot of extra points when you win a major championship. But but I think John Rahm's time is coming. I think that he has showed that he's just sort of hungry out there, and I. I loved his uh, I loved his comment when he said he took seven weeks off and the first time he went back on the range he was trying to make sure that the first seven swings he made he didn't shank a ball. Um, 
<laughs> that, that to me that. was that to me just shows also that there's a, a human side to him, a humility to him. Um, I think he's a really interesting guy to to try and understand and to try and check out. Not that he's complicated, but he's got there, there's more depth to John Rahm than I think he lets on. Uh, he had an interesting comment about the civil. Uh, unrest situation that's going on in the United States and and during his press conference which you can read online I'm sure I won't get into it um, but I think he's becoming a more mature person and I think that's helping his game I think you uh, might be right and I think uh, the next 12 months might be a very important stretch uh, for Mr. Rom. on the other side we'll get you caught up on any changes in the leaderboard we'll also get you caught up on the current FedEx Cup point standings you need to know who's where and why and what they need to do also take a quick peek at the official world golf rankings to get you set so you have everything you need to know now that this reboot that someone has actually pressed play and we are on a golf course. It's a Thursday edition of GTC. This segment of GTC presented by SmartGolfDeals.com was brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories, including DigiFit Floor Liner, the most advanced concept in floor protection today. Visit WeatherTech.ca. This is Golf Talk Canada, celebrating 10 years as Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program. Presented by SmartGolfDeals.com. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach. Ready to trade the snow shovel for a 7-iron? Visit PlayGolfMyrtleBeach.com to plan your golf vacation getaway today. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Zucchino and Bob Weeks. Yeah, some good news out of Myrtle Beach yesterday as well as they are starting to reopen Myrtle Beach as a destination for golfers. Of course, not an option for Canadians at the moment, but hopefully by August and certainly by the fall, uh, we can all enjoy some uh, travel to Myrtle Beach and other parts of the world. Also, like I mentioned off the top of the show, Casa de Campo reopening July 1 as well in the Dominican Republic. So things inching back to... I guess a new normal, for lack of a better term, but at least the ability to be mobile. Nice to also have leaderboard updates. Leaderboard updates are brought to you by Cedar Bray Golf Club, award-winning championship golf in the scenic Rouge Valley. Minutes from downtown Toronto. Flexible, affordable, memorable. There's never been a better time to join Cedar Bray Golf Club. Visit cedarbraygolf.com for more information. Formation leaderboards on the Corn Ferry Tour. That is right. Corn Ferry also kicking off their reboot of the schedule. Corn Ferry Challenge at TPC Sawgrass is on its way. Paul Baron is six under par. He is the leader in the clubhouse. That's good for a two-shot lead over Tim Wilkinson, Taylor Moore. They're at four under in the clubhouse as well. And there are a few other players still on the golf course at four under. There is Canadian content in this field. Adam Svensson at two under. Mike Weir at two under. Michael Glickick at one under David Hearn at one over, but uh, the majority of Team Canada already starting off well on the Corn Ferry Tour. Charles Schwab Challenge, of course, the PGA Tour back 
and all the focus really in the sporting world on Colonial and Fort Worth, Texas, where Justin Rose is 15 under par. He excuse me, seven under par through 15 holes, and he is still bogey free. Brian Harmon in the clubhouse. He is five under alongside Jonathan Vegas and Bryson DeChambeau now vaulting the five under par uh, alongside Ian Poulter. They are two off the pace. Corey Connors at three under par. Adam Hadwin also at three under par alongside another notable being Phil Mickelson at three under. Mackenzie Hughes keeping it in the red as well at one under par. Official World Golf Ranking update just to keep you in uh, line with where we're at, uh, where we kind of froze and where we restart. Rory McIlroy, the number one player in the world, alongside John Rahm at two, Kepka at three, Justin Rose at four, Dustin Johnson five, Adam Scott six, Reed at seven, Cantley at eight, and Simpson at nine. Tommy Fleetwood holding on to that 10 spot, but Tommy Fleetwood not making the venture over the ocean. Tiger Woods hanging around at 11. Wouldn't have gone outside the top 10, but Tiger Woods at 11 is worth a mention. And Bob, finally the top 10 on the FedEx Cup. Sun J.M., all I do is play golf, hanging on to that number one spot on the FedEx Cup points list. Justin Thomas, Rory McIlroy, Brendan Todd, a two-time winner on the PGA Tour this season alongside Justin Thomas. He's in at four. Webb Simpson, Patrick Reed, Mark Leishman, Lanto Griffin, Sebastian Munoz, and Hideki Matsuyama round out the top ten in the FedEx Cup. And of course, Bob, now that we're actually ball in the ground, all of this could change at any moment, including Jonathan Vegas, Bob, birding his last hole to post 64. Oh, and oh, look, Sung J M on the leaderboard, three under par through 16 <laughs> holes. Uh, he's probably happy that he's going to be back in a hotel, or maybe that's where he was for the whole three months. He doesn't own a residence in the United States. And, of course, the good story for him uh, from a Canadian standpoint is uh, Toronto's Albin Choi, a fine golfer in his own right and former high school teammate of uh, producer Adam Scully, uh, is now the full-time caddy on that bag. And Albin told me that the bomb-making has been there from day one, that Adam Scully has been making bombs on the golf course for you know many, many, many years now. And this is just... I hope he's been hitting bombs and not making them. Well, you... <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> oh that's good i like that that is good oh uh, well i'm glad we're having fun today talking about real golf but this is great uh you know well cory connor's with a birdie here at 16 to move to four under par so cory trying to chip away at the double at 13 and get back to that uh, five under par mark uh, you know who I love this week, Bob? I love Corey Connors. I laid some action on him. I love Sun J.M. because all he does is play golf. And I think Colin Morikawa is going to have a good week. Those are my three names, the guys I kind of had my eye on. So far, two of them uh, serving me well. Morikawa this afternoon. We'll get into a little bit more fantasy in uh, an hour or two. We're also going to switch gears a little bit in an hour or two, talk a little bit Canadian Open and some Ryder Cup. But, Bob, uh, something that you and I have not spoken a, a great deal about was a great initiative from our friends at TaylorMade. i just like to highlight it here as we wrap up hour one. Um, great way to support frontline workers. Our friends at TaylorMade providing golf balls through Greengrass accounts coast-to-coast here in Canada trying to uh, get the frontline workers some free golf balls and get them out to play golf. little ammo for the boys uh, and girls on the front line, and I'm, I'm happy about that. That's a great move. We've seen a lot of equipment companies step up and, and a lot of golf-related companies step up and uh, 
and make the make themselves heard in this this time. And and this move by TaylorMade is awesome. Um, there's a list of accounts where you can go, I believe, on online at TaylorMade.ca. So if you check that out, you can get more details. If you happen to be a frontline worker who enjoys playing golf and needs a little ammo, uh, they may be able to help you out. Now, Bob, I didn't tell you this because uh, uh, well, we've been working so much. This week's been crazy. We've been on the air. Like, if you include your sports center hits and your radio hits, my radio hits, and some of the stuff I do with PGA Tour Radio and whatnot, and then our Golf Talk Canada schedule, like, we've pretty much been broadcasting 24-7, it feels like. Um, I just did Vancouver this morning, and they said, well, they said to me this morning, well, you know, uh, Bob Weeks is our analyst in the afternoon. I said, well, if you ever want to upgrade, call me. I had to take a shot at you. I just... <laughs> Had to. They just made it too easy. They pegged it up. But, I, but to my point, we've been working very hard, so I didn't have a chance to talk to you about anything that kind of, you know, wasn't right in focus. Uh, on Monday, you know, Scully and I, we played golf with our friends at TaylorMade. I am sitting right now on TaylorMade information that I am splitting up the middle to tell, and I can't. I am under embargo on this. I will tell Ooh. you privately. I am, I'm, Scully knows what I'm talking about. I'm, I'm close to imploding, and, and I can't, because if I, if I let this leak, they'll never tell us anything again, okay? And there goes our trips to Carlsbad and everything else and the great... <laughs> And all the things we love, all our new sim product that we're hitting a mile, it all goes out the window. I'm, I'm exploding at the seams. But all I'm going to do is tell you this. It, Canada's going to love this. Perfect. Canada's going to love this maybe more than any other country on the planet. That's all I'm going to say. I can't say anything else. Anything else, too much. But there's a teaser for you right there. Our video podcast dropped yesterday, Bob. We had that great interview with you, you and Keith Pelly and the challenges. And it's kind of interesting that earlier in the show, we broke uh, the news that uh, the Shaw Charity Classic was officially canceled on uh, PGA Tour champions uh, being held out in Calgary. Major success, as, as you outlined. Uh, the golf fans in Western Canada uh, are dying for more professional golf in their region. You know, the RBC Canadian Open hasn't been out there in quite some time. The Shaw Charity Classic was a big win. But again, it kind of lines up with your interview with Keith Pally that if you're running a professional golf tournament or tour, circuit, etc., whatever you want to call it, outside of America right now, you are facing some different challenges that uh, that really nobody else is facing. But if there's anybody on the planet that can think outside the box and, and figure out a way to make something work, it's got to be Keith Pelly, Bob. I, I uh, really enjoyed the interview that we that we had, and, and I think people will as well if they want to log on and, and uh, watch that video podcast, along with all our, of course, our wonderful repartee between you and I and Adam. But, but I think the fact that he uh, has pushed the envelope a little bit in a number of different ways. Um, you know, they, they were interviewing players mid-tournament for the last year or two. They've got players wearing mics already. Um, they've got some innovative things with shot clocks. I mean, these are all typical Keith Pelly ideas of, of, you know, what, he, what he's done and what he did when his time at TSN even was throw a whole bunch of stuff against the wall and some of the best stuff is going to stick there. There will be some that won't, some things that the players won't buy into. But he has really gained the support of the players on the European Tour. And I think that's been the key for his success. Um, but I like some of the innovative stuff he's doing. And he's in. listen, he's in a rough spot right now. As he said, they play in 31 different countries. So imagine trying to negotiate 31 different border crossings for your tour. Uh, I mean, it's, uh, it's a, a, a tough job. The other thing he said was, you know, the person he talks to the most these days 
is his uh, his medical guidance guy. So it's uh, it's a very interesting interview, and the whole podcast, as I say, is worth listening to. Yeah, it's a crazy how the world has changed. Brian Crawford going to join us, Bob, in hour two, tournament director, RBC Canadian Open. Of course, they announced that the twenty one Canadian Open will head back to. Uh, St. George's next year, we will reboot that. Let's say, let's try this again. You think they're having any conversation? about? I, I hate talking like this. It's a good news Thursday, but we don't know where the world's at. And I was having a conversation with somebody the other day. You know, it's amazing how participation levels are up in the province and in the country for golf. People are out playing golf at numbers we haven't seen in quite some time, and, th- and that's part of the good news. But I did say that COVID protocol on a golf course is probably going to be here for a while. So if you're playing in a golf course that has pin caddies and no rakes and things like that, I don't think that's going away anytime soon. To a Brian Crawford kind of lane where I was going with that, do you think they're having any conversation, Bob, of what if we're still dealing with some of this come July next year? Or, Or are we operating or planning a Canadian Open next year where we just assume that the world's back to normal, there's vaccines and everything's hunky dory? I would have to think they got two streams going. One where it's uh, and probably a third one too one where it's back to normal one where it's a situation like we're in now and maybe one kind of a hybrid thing uh they do have time on their side obviously because this was the canadian open week we're in right now so you got a year to go um but i don't know i don't think anybody has any clue as to what it's going to look like and and the laws and, and the regulations and the protocols that we've been uh using in canada have certainly been far different than in the united states so um you know, the one good thing, as you said, so many people are playing golf here. And in some ways, I'm kind of happy that St. George's has voted in favor because don't forget, you give up your golf course for a good week and a half to two weeks when you have this tournament. So um, when you've got a, uh, you know, blooming golf demand right now and, and possibly into next year as well, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's a big step for a club to give up their, their course. Well, I'd love to be able to ask Brian that question. Oh, wait, Bob, we can. He's kicking (laughs) off our two. Brian Crawford, tournament director, uh, the 2021 RBC Canadian Open going back to St. George's. We'll also be joined by Adam Scully in hour two. We're going to talk a little Ryder Cup there. We'll also look at some fantasy stuff. Who do you start? Who do you bench in the PM wave at Colonial? That will be hour two. And, of course, we'll keep you uh, caught up on all leaderboard action as it pertains to the Charles Schwab Challenge happening in Fort Worth, Texas. Hour two coming up of GTC. This segment of GTC presented by SmartGolfDeals.com was brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach. Ready to trade the snow shovel for a 7-iron? Visit PlayGolfMyrtleBeach.com to plan your golf vacation getaway today. Thank you for listening to Hour 1 of GTC. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. For show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit GolfTalkCanada.com. Stay tuned for 60 more minutes of GTC. This is Golf Talk Canada, celebrating 10 years as Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program. Presented by SmartGolfDeals.com. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Woodington Lake Golf Club, proud home of the Mackenzie Tour PGA Tour Canada's Ontario Open. For membership information or to book tee times and special events, visit WoodingtonLake.com. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Zucchino and Bob Weeks. 
And welcome back to Hour 2 of a weekday, Thursday edition of Golf Talk Canada. As we come to you Tuesdays and Thursdays as well as Saturdays throughout the summer here on TSN 1050. Because why? Well, professional golf is really the only thing being played anywhere around the world. So let's talk some golf. Although we're going to take a time out from Colonial and the Charles Schwab Challenge here in Hour 2. We're going to talk a little Ryder Cup coming up next with Adam Scully. We'll look at some fantasy stuff regarding Colonial later on in the show. But great news uh, for the RBC Canadian Open made official uh, yesterday. And not that we were anticipating any different news, but you never know until it's rubber-stamped and delivered. And here to uh, follow up on that news is Tournament Director of the RBC Canadian Open, Brian Crawford. Brian, thanks so much for taking the time to join Bob and I. Uh, we all anticipated St. George's Golf Club being the home of the RBC Canadian Open for 2021, as it was planned for 2020. But there were still some T's to cross and I's to dot before it could be uh, named official, and it happened this week. Yeah, good afternoon, guys, and uh, happy return to uh, live professional golf this week. Wish it would have uh, been our event, but uh, certainly nice to have uh, the tournaments uh, starting back up again. So, uh, yeah, as you said, it was uh, you know great to uh, great to be able to get uh, 2021 uh, confirmed and finalized. Uh, you know, there were some steps that uh, needed to be taken with uh, you know all of our partners and stakeholders, including uh, the club itself, to. Uh, you know, shore up that plan and, and be able to move forward. You know, it's a big undertaking to host a tournament, and you know, certainly something that uh, you know the uh, members have to uh, have to be fully committed to and uh, to take on. And, and they are, and it's fantastic. And we can, you know, focus on uh, you know restarting the, the planning process for for next spring. Brian, because you have or had a plan in place for this year at St. George's, how much of that? is going to change going forward to next year all things considered let's say if we have a, a regular tournament year is it basically just kind of blow the dust off the plan and, and here we go yeah i mean absolutely it's a, a big factor in, in you know being able to essentially just push everything forward a year uh so that all of that planning and work and you know also expense uh you know doesn't kind of go to waste so uh you know in uh, in the circumstances where you know we're kind of able to return to normal you know, the plan is to bring back exactly what we were going to put in place this year. And uh, I've said to kind of our team, since we've now had, uh, we'll now have had two years to plan for it, it'll have to be even bigger and better than it was going to be. So, uh, you know, so we'll, we'll plan to put those things in place. And, you know, basically we kind of are at a pause, you know, 90 days out from the tournament is essentially where we kind of stopped uh, working. Now we'll have to, we'll have to backtrack a bit and, and, uh, get some things going again. And, uh, you know, we'll need, uh, you know, obviously more than 90 days to kind of get the machine running, but, um, you know, that's kind of how we look at it. And, and we take this opportunity to, you know, work on some things that, uh, maybe wouldn't have been able to get the attention that they deserve and really try to make sure that, uh, you know, the event we deliver is, you know, at uh, an even higher standard than, um, we've been currently working on. All right, Brian, I have to ask the question because I brought it up at the end of hour one and I said, I just, I'm just curious. You know, I'm not thinking this way because I'm already thinking positive. Let's get things open safely. Let's, you know, golf's back. I'm a raw, raw positive energy guy. But, but are you as a tournament director, Golf Canada, the committees, are you ever considering at this point, okay, what about plan B and C? What if? We're not completely through this come next June. What if the world isn't vaccinated, et cetera, et cetera? What if part of this is still hanging around? Are there other lanes you're looking at? 
Well, if we've learned anything from, you know, the last number of months, it's that um, you have to be prepared for, you know, scenarios that you're not prepared for. Uh, and the reality is, is that, um, you know, there are things that are going to be, you know, beyond our control. Um, you know, what happens, you know, next year, a year, basically at exactly a year from today um, is, you know, I think a long way away. And there's a lot uh, of time between now and then. But um, we have to be prepared to, um, you know, be flexible and be responsive and be able to adjust according uh, accordingly. So, uh, you know, in between now and then, between now and then, like I said, is a long is a long time. We'll, um, you know, there'll be a number of months before we really, really have to kind of put the pedal uh, to the floor in terms of uh, getting ready to deliver the tournament, and and also in a time crunch where we need to start to have, you know, all of those contingencies kind of well mapped out. You know, we certainly will st- have started to put some thought towards it, and some of those contingencies would have been developed already for what you know could have been this year. Um, so, you know, we'll we'll kind of respond accordingly as as you know the environment continues to develop and change and you know we're incredibly lucky to have you know an unbelievable title partner and rbc who is you know as committed and supportive as you know any tournament could possibly ask for um and you know the city of toronto is uh, as well and the clubs and you know we've, we've got some really great uh partners and stakeholders um when it comes to this tournament and you know everybody's you know, committed to delivering, you know, the best one ever and also understands that, you know, we may have to respond to the environment as it, uh, as it develops. Brian, how much are you watching or going to watch this week at Charles Schwab and in tournaments going forward? And how much have you been in contact with other tournament directors about what they're going through for both tournaments that are upcoming and those that have been canceled? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Well, I, um, I'll admit I haven't uh, watched any of the Charles Schwab yet today, but I'll certainly have it on over the weekend. No question uh, about that. Um, I, uh, we've obviously are in very regular contact with uh, the PGA Tour and, and, and our leads at the Tour. Uh, and I've actually maintained a pretty uh, good contact with a number, a number of tournaments, a number of colleagues um, that uh, you know run various tournaments, both those that are coming up like uh, Detroit. Uh, I kind of spoke fairly regularly with them over the last uh, number of months. Uh, some of my other colleagues that are in tournaments that have already happened, you know, like Genesis or Waste, those sorts of things. So uh, it's a really, really good uh, group that um, is, you know, fantastic to share information and, and support each other. And we're actually, uh, we kind of are leading a volunteer survey amongst, uh, you know, a large majority of the PGA Tour tournaments to really try to identify best practices for ourselves, but kind of sharing all that data and information with, with all of them once it's compiled as well. So uh, it's definitely a, a an important part of kind of the family that is the PGA Tour, and I think something that you know, ultimately helps the success of, uh, of all the events, really. We're with Brian Crawford, who is the tournament director at RBC Canadian Open. They made the big announcement this week. 2021 lands at St. George's. Uh, Brian, a bit of a strange question for you. This is more curiosity from my point. You know, you had to go back to the, the, the club, St. George's, the members, uh, where their board would have to vote to rubber stamp to keep the plans in place for next year. Obviously, that was done. There's another golf course involved here. Islington Golf Club down the road becomes the official kind of practice center for the RBC Canadian Open, for lack of a better term. Um, did you have to go back to Islington, get a separate vote? Are the two clubs working together? Have they put together Islington and St. George's, a joint membership board that can vote on Canadian Open things specific? Or was that another step and another voting process you had to go through? Yeah, no, the two clubs, uh, you know, are completely independent, uh, of course, have their own boards of directors and uh, their own membership and their own, you know, bylaws and procedures. Um, so we work directly with, uh, both clubs, 
separately on uh, on the procedures that they needed to uh, needed to go through. And uh, you know, we're really fortunate that um, you know Islington was uh, on board to continue to support the event and, and serve as as a host uh, a host club for the tournament. So. Um, you know, it, it kind of a dual dual work that had to had to go on there. That uh, you know, obviously, isn't necessarily the case uh, at other places that we might be. But um, we've been fortunate that you know, as a club, they've been you know, right front and center to support the event and are a completely not only necessary but you know, required component of the event to be successful uh, at St George's. So. We've, um, we've been lucky to have them as well and, and had some pretty cool things that we had planned for this year with their club and their membership. And uh, hopefully we'll, we'll be able to just deliver it all in a year's time. Okay, I have to ask you this question. How about <laughs> my alma mater, Richview Collegiate, site of what was going to be the RBC Concert Series for the RBC Canadian Open? Is that still on? And if, by the way, if there's any pinch, if you can't find a band, Mark and I could probably put something together for you. Uh, I could reunite the old band from my high school, and Mark, I know, is a pretty good singer, so we could do that. If you're in, just, but just if you're in a pinch. Well, we'll put that down on the uh, on the parking list of options for uh, for talent, and uh, we'll get back to you on that one. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but the oh, concert series yeah. is ongoing. We, uh, yeah, we, we kind of have all of our, you know, permitting in place and our partnership with the school board who, you know, once again, like the, the school itself, but the school board as a whole was kind of ready to do, you know, whatever they, we needed them really to do to help with the tournament. Uh, and, you know, once again, couldn't ask for like a more willing, supportive partner. Uh, you know, the last time we were at St. George's, it was outside of the school year. So, you know, with the new dates being kind of during the school year, uh, you know, there's some, um, you know, impact. Uh, on the school and on the school board. So um, they've been tremendous, uh, their their leadership and those that I've been working with with the school board. Uh, so, you know, the plan is, you know, as I mentioned, you know, in place, and we certainly are going to, uh, you know, do our best to make sure that we can bring that component back uh, next year. Uh, you know, we'll have to, you know, go back to the drawing board in a lot of ways and, and uh, circle back around on what things look like and, and also, obviously, with all of the components that go into uh, throwing a, you know, a massive series of concerts as well. But, uh, you know, it certainly was, you know, a real overwhelming success in 2019. And we were really excited to do it again this year and, you know, had lined up some, you know, pretty tremendous uh, acts for that. And I think it's something that, um, you know, Canadian Open fans, both new and old, uh, you know, those that had come to many, many tournaments and those that had come for the first time, you know, really enjoyed and and helped us, you know, grow uh, the game of golf ultimately. So, uh, we'll look to we'll look to get all that sort of stuff back in place uh, as we start into the planning later this year. Well, Brian, thanks so much for joining us. Congratulations again on the official announcement this week and being able to keep those great plans in place. And now we'll get another shot at this again in 21. Uh, both Bob and I have been very open in, in saying that last year's Canadian Open was the, the greatest we've ever been a part of. So congratulations on, on what you accomplished last time. We're looking forward to seeing uh, the next step to keep the momentum going. I'm sure it'll be fantastic. Um, and uh, we're looking forward to being a part of it next year as well at, uh, at St. George's. So thanks so much for your time. And I'm sure we'll connect again at some point across the summer here. And uh, uh, good luck to you and your team. Have a great summer. Uh, thanks, guys. Thanks so much for all the support. Brian Crawford, Tournament Director, RBC Canadian Open. Okay, other side, we're going to continue in the gear-shifting lane. We're going to look at the Ryder Cup. There's been a lot of talk about the Ryder Cup. and uh, Is an event you would have without spectators? Can you have it? Should you have it? 
The one big news that broke this week is they've changed the format on how you qualify for Team America. A little mums the word out of the European Tour other than some freezing of some points. No real conversation about maybe changing the format on how you qualify. Patrick Harrington was kind of open about that before COVID even started, how he would like to make more spots automatic qualifying and less spots available for captain's picks, which I find interesting, Bob, considering that when you look at it at a President's Cup landscape, the President's Cup captain always kind of fought for the opposite. I want more picks. I want less automatics. I want more for you. So it seems to me that all these guys go in a different direction. Well, the direction that the American side went, they've gone with six automatics and six captain's picks. We'll take a look at the automatics as of right now and what the top 12 to 15 look like. Adam Scully joining us, Weeksy and I, the three of us, will give you our six picks if the Ryder Cup were happening next week. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC, presented by SmartGolfDeals.com, was brought to you by Woodington Lake Golf Club, proud home of the Mackenzie Tour PGA Tour Canada's Ontario Open. For membership information or to book tee times and special events, visit WoodingtonLake.com. This is Golf Talk Canada, celebrating 10 years as Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program. Presented by SmartGolfDeals.com. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Tourism Ireland. World-class courses, spectacular locations. Whatever you're looking for in a golf holiday, Ireland has something for you. Visit GolfAwayTours.com to book your Irish golf adventure. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Zucchino and Bob Weeks. And welcome back to Golf Talk Canada, a Thursday edition of GTC. Justin Rose still bogey-free and seven under par. And look who's in the house at 66. Sanjay M., the leader in the FedEx Cup points race, starts his reboot with a nice round of 66 at four under par. We will get you caught up on full leaderboards at the end of today's show. Welcoming in now... Master producer of all things GTC, Mr. Adam Scully. Skulls, how are we doing this afternoon? Gentlemen, it's uh, good to be with you. I had trouble sleeping last night. I was so excited for the PGA Tour. I've been watching all morning on PGA <laughs> Tour Live. Great to see some Canadians in the mix. Uh, Corey Connors is a two-foot putt on 18 to shoot uh, 66 as well. Put that in the clubhouse. Uh, it's been exciting. The, the the coverage itself, it hasn't been as different as I thought it would be anyway, at least the PGA Tour live coverage. Um, I haven't really noticed that there haven't been, there's no fans out there. There's a couple spotters, but so far so good for Team Canada here at uh, the Charles Schwab Challenge. Yes, so far so good, and uh, no reason why we wouldn't anticipate that, especially from a Corey Connors perspective, just in the fact that this golf course just screams Corey Connors, but all Team Canada in the red right now at the Charles Schwab Challenge. Okay, guys, switching gears a bit here. I, I'm I got to be honest with both of you guys. I'm scratching my head here. Um, Ryder Cup. We've talked about the controversy on fans, no fans, what players' attitudes are towards having no fans. It's leaning like we're going to be able to have this anyway and have some spectators at the Ryder Cup. How many? Who knows? That's a debate for another time. Um, Team America is pretty much playing. They are not in the same boat, so to speak, as Team Europe, where you know a lot of their team isn't playing, didn't make the trip across the pond, so it would be unfair to keep their qualifications 
uh, or point accumulations going uh, for Team Europe. They're in a bit of a different uh, position. So it's confusing to me why Team America came out all of a sudden and said, we're changing how this is done. They're going to freeze the, the they're going to, to start the point system again. They are now going with the top six, which are Kepka, Johnson, Reed, Woodland, Shoffley, and Simpson. Those are your top six. They are currently automatically in if the Ryder Cup were tomorrow. Brooks Kepka, DJ, Reed, Woodland, Shoffley, and Simpson. The next six go as follows. Justin Thomas, Tiger Woods, Tony Finau, Matt Kuchar, Bryson DeChambeau, Patrick Cantley. Of course, under the original format, the next four would have automatically qualified. Uh, Thomas, or is, are they four? They keep switching on me. Bob, were they four or two captain's picks for Team America originally? Four, I believe. So Justin Thomas and Tiger Woods would have been the next two automatic in, and then the next four, which were not automatic, would be Finau, Kuchar, DeChambeau, or Cantley. Before we get into who we would pick, who our next six would be if it started tomorrow, before we get there, and I'll start with you, Bob, and then I'll go to Adam, are you not confused as to why they would change the format to begin with? Their team's playing. They don't have Europe issues. If any team were to make an announcement saying that they are making adjustments as to how you qualify, would it not make sense that that would be Europe? The world has not changed for Team USA. Why do you think the change? I think it's probably driven by the fact that with fewer qualifying tournaments, they wanted to take the uh, ability to earn points down a notch. So I don't know if that makes sense or not, but you know, if a guy didn't, if a guy had 25 events to to earn points and he and they only played 15 of them, they might feel hard done by. So uh, this way, I think it it's basically going to go. You could play really well over a shorter period of time. And, and get a catch the captain's eye as opposed to um, playing really well over a shorter period of time and becoming going ninth or something or tenth or something and not and, and putting yourself in there so I don't know it's it's it is a little bit confusing um, I'm sure they've thought it through these guys have all the brains just ask them and <laughs> and, and, uh, and it seems to it seems to make sense for them so I mean you know let, let's let's call a spade a spade here is that the the number of people the pe people who are going to make this team there's not many if it's six picks or four picks or whatever you want to say the team is going to be pretty much what it would have been either way let's i think so anyway yeah i'm with you bob i think you know with the exception of maybe one name either way it, it is the team regardless and, and maybe that's been part of the problem to be bluntly honest with you on the Ryder Cup side of Team America they don't have those same issues at the President's Cup but maybe uh, changing up the chemistry and going off the board a little is exactly what this team needs and yet it never seems to happen it reminds me of Team Canada in the hockey in the late 90s you know where uh, there seemed to be a, a real need for a youth injection a changing of the guard a breakup in chemistry yet we never seem to get it on Team USA. Adam, Podrick Harrington, well, he's been speaking the opposite. Even before all this COVID started, Harrington was suggesting he doesn't want captain's picks. He wants more qualifying spots. To me, that is kind of going in the complete wrong direction right now. So before we get to your picks, do you not think that if any team should be adjusting their points right now, to me it makes more sense Europe. And I understand Bob's point completely, and I agree with everything Weeks he said. But to me, it's more Europe that should be addressing this right now because guys like Westwood not playing, Fleetwood not playing, 
A lot of European tour kind of guys that just kind of mainly play that tour, not playing. To me, that's the team that needs to say, whoa, 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 we need to rethink this entire thing. Yeah, for sure. And the, the U.S. has repeatedly changed the way they've uh, announced their qualifiers and their wildcard picks. I was actually looking back. Back in 2018, they picked three, and then they picked one more final guy before the, uh, the, the uh, Tour Championship. So the last time around, it was Bryson, Tiger, and, and Phil, and then Tony Finau was the final pick. And then obviously, you look back to 2014 when Billy Horschel went on to win the FedEx Cup. He obviously wasn't a part of that Ryder Cup debacle, we'll call that, for Team USA overseas the way it was. Uh, but I mean, obviously, this year is something that we'll knock on wood never see again in the world with so many tournaments washed out um i'm curious to see where they go is, is steve Stricker essentially just going to go from 7 to 12 and that'll be his team in terms of the point standings or is he gonna go further down the list go to a 14 or 16 or someone who's hot at the time well it's funny you say that adam because the qualification period will officially end at the bmw championship which is uh, the third week of august and then the final six captains' picks will be made in earlier December. They threw out the date September 2nd, December 3rd for the six captains' picks. And for yours truly, right now, to your point, looking at the standings, I can't make a case. I am looking at this, and I find it very difficult to make a case to go outside the top 12 right now. So the top six are already in, but if I had the magic wand and I was making picks, I would just continue down the points list. Yours truly would go Justin Thomas, Tiger Woods, assuming he's healthy, Tony Finau, Matt Kuchar, DeChambeau, Cantley. I can't make a justification to bump any of those players to make room for Kisner, Fowler, Reavy, Landry, Spieth, Watson, Snedeker, etc. No shots on those players. They've got some time to do some damage and move up the leaderboard, so to speak, if they choose to. But right now, guys, I can't make uh, I can't make an argument for switching out any of those guys. Adam, we'll go back to you and then go to Bob. Where do you sit with this? Are you are you with me, or do you make an argument for pulling out one of those names and inserting something else? I mean, for me personally, looking back in the past, we've seen some sort of out of nowhere, I guess, wildcard picks. You look at Ricky Fowler back in 2010, Jordan Spieth as a rookie, the 2013 President's Cup. So on that uh, thought, I'm thinking Colin Morikawa on this uh, Team USA team, potentially as a wildcard pick. He'd be one guy for me. I'm not sure how Matt Kuchar's game uh, sets up for whistling straights. Obviously, Jason Day, uh, 20 under par at the PGA Championship couple or back in 2015. I'm assuming they're going to set up the golf course to be a bomber's paradise like they did at Hazeltine back in 2016. But Colin Morikawa is a guy I'm looking at. And even looking at the coverage today, Bryson DeChambeau, if, if they name the team tomorrow, is 11th right now. He's put on what looks like about 65 pounds. <laughs> He's looking rather thick, as the kids say. But the, those would be the two guys I'd be going to for sure. Well, you know, um, it's funny you bring up Morikawa. I've always been the guy saying throw a wild card in there, throw some youth in there, show, you know, add some youth injection and, sh and give him a, a taste of Team USA of, so that you kind of almost set up the future a bit. So in a way, it's six to qualify, five captains picks, and then the 12th pick almost being like, okay, we're going young and we're thinking longer term down the road. Hard to argue with a Morikawa, but who's the guy on the outside looking in? You know, do, who do you pull out do you, you, uh, that you're saying you're not good enough? That's the name. Uh, that's what I'm having trouble here with, Bob. I'm looking at the next six and I'm going, 
Well, in my mind right now, they kind of all deserve to be there and have played. Uh, now, again, we've all been off for three months, but prior to the last three months, in my mind, these guys have all played well enough to justify, justify a position, Bob. And if you're Steve Stricker, do you want to be the guy who ended the Ryder Cup streak for Phil Mickelson? <laughs> There's another name in there, right? I mean, he is way down the list in 27th, and we know he's had some troubles. Uh, but let's see what he can do in the next little while. He's always been one of those guys who doesn't really want to be a captain's pick or be in there. But you know what he's like as a team player. You know how much he gets up for the Ryder Cup. Of course, he sat out the President's Cup. I, I don't know. It, it could be interesting to to see if if uh, if that becomes a wild card, if he can show some form between now and uh, and, the, and the selection time. But you're right. The you, you can't go wrong with the six guys who are who are seven through twelve. Um, it's almost uh, an embarrassment of riches here because you do have some really good players and some players who aren't in that kind of group who haven't played a lot of that team stuff before who might make a move and make it more difficult. A guy like a Ches Reeve or an Andrew Landry, um, you know, those those guys aren't normally names you think of, but they're, those are the 15th and 16th guys on this list. So I think the next couple of weeks will be interesting, and Steve Stricker's going to have some choices. It could be very easy. Some players could make it very easy on him, or there could be some uh, some long nights of thinking, what if, and maybe I should do this. Well, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. And that seems to be what Team USA has done over the years, regardless of how they assemble their team and how they change the rules of the format of how you assemble the team. To Bob's point off the top of this segment, they always end up with roughly the same 12 names. Maybe it's time to stop that process. On the other side, we'll continue fantasy-ish talk. Stardom, Bancham. Afternoon, afternoon wave at Colonial. We'll uh, let you know who we start and who we sit and why. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by SmartGolfDeals.com was brought to you by Tourism Ireland. World-class courses, spectacular locations. Whatever you're looking for in a golf holiday, Ireland has something for you. Visit GolfAwayTours.com to book your Irish golf adventure. This is Golf Talk Canada, celebrating 10 years as Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program, presented by SmartGolfDeals.com. This segment of GTC is brought to you by the Muskoka Bay Club. Live, stay, and play at our award-winning championship golf course. Visit MuskokaBayResort.com today. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. Adam Scully, Bob Weeks, Mark Sacchino, talking Colonial, Charles Schwab Challenge as real golf is being played. 63 in the clubhouse, Justin Rose, bogey-free, your leader right now. Good for a one-shotter over Johnny V. 64 also in the clubhouse for Jonathan Vegas on the End of the show today. We will get you caught up on all leaderboard action. We'll go deeper into the Charles Schwab Challenge leaderboard as well as the Corn Ferry Tour where we have some Canadian content for you as well. But gentlemen, this afternoon we've got a very impressive PM wave at Colonial. Marquee groups all over the place, especially that Rory McIlroy, Kepka, John Rob. Let's play a little fantasy here, gents. You're starting a player. 
you're sitting a player in your fantasy golf league. Who are you starting? Who are you benching and why? Bob, let's start with you. Who are you starting? Who are you benching? I am going to start, without a doubt, Webb Simpson. I think Webb Simpson has uh, just a tremendous game for this golf course. He is fifth in scrambling, and I think with the small greens around here, it's tough. He's also seventh in proximity to the green, which to me lends itself for a guy who can hit it close, which is something that's difficult to do, again, on these greens. Uh, he's had a pretty solid season coming into this year before the stop of the pandemic. but uh, So he's a guy that I've put on my start list. Um, as for the other side of it, uh, the guy that I'm going to sit is going to be playing with, I know one of you guys is going to pick Colin Morikawa, probably Mark, but he's playing with, with them, and it's Bubba Watson. And I'm going to sit down Bubba Watson because we know what Bubba's like off the tee. He's long, and but he can has a little tendency to be a little bit crooked. So I'm going to sit him down because I don't think this course is suited for him. Um, I, I think he might find himself in the shady trees of... Uh, of Colonial Country Club a little bit too often for my liking. If I own stock right now in Team Weeks from a fantasy perspective, I'm happy right now, Scully, because I love <laughs> both Bob's suggestions. I'm with Bob a thousand percent on this. And one of the reasons that yours truly did not pick Webb Simpson as his starter this afternoon is because I knew Weeks was going Webb Simpson <laughs> with his starter this afternoon. And although We're spending Bubba too was, much time together. I think maybe Way Bubba, too much time together. And although Bubba was not on my radar, I agree with Bob a thousand percent. Adam, who are you starting? Who are you sitting? Okay, well, I'm starting Kevin Kisner. He's off with Xander Shoffley and Jim Furyk in just under 20 minutes now. He won here back in 2017. He's been pretty active on social media throughout quarantine, playing a lot of golf. Some of that golf is with a beer in his hand as well, but he's been playing a lot of golf throughout quarantine. He's always one of the most consistent putters in the PGA Tour, and right now he's 28th in driving accuracy, as we've spoken about the past couple days to a week. Driving accuracy is so critical on this golf course. I am starting Kevin Kisner. Hard to argue with those numbers. He's a bulldog. Lines up. Makes sense. What about the other side of the coin, Skulls? All right, well, I am benching Scott Piercy. He is teeing off in about half an hour with Nate Lashley and C.T. Pan. He got into some hot water just before quarantine after posting some bad stuff on an Instagram story, losing multiple endorsement deals as a result. So we'll be seeing him with a blank hat uh, this afternoon at the Charles Schwab Challenge. He's currently 81st in the FedEx Cup standings, 168th in strokes gained around the tee. Uh, or on the green, my apologies, 142nd in strokes gained putting. I am benching Scott Piercy. Well, I'll tell you something. Uh, from a guy, when he goes to the golf course, it looks like a walking Adidas and tailor-made uh, billboard. <laughs> How do you start a guy without a blank with a blank hat? I'm with you, Scully. You just can't start a guy with a blank hat. Probably has a blank a bag while we're at it as well. Yep. That's just a, just an absolute no-no. Okay. You're all going to know my starter. It's not going to be a surprise. And Bob was bang on because I've been riding him all week. And I think uh, Colin Murakawa is going to have a good week. Even though he's young, even though he doesn't have, a, have the experience at Colonial that a lot of these guys have. And it is an old school golf course. I love how straight his ball flight is. And I love the fact he's going to keep it in the fairway. But more importantly, this. In, in a lot of ball, in the majority of ball striking categories in the strokes gain, He's on the plus side of strokes gain in ball striking categories. You see his putting, and his putting is in the negative side of strokes gain for the season. 
this is not going to be a putting contest. This is going to be a greens and rag ball striking contest. And because of that, and because of his straight ball flight, and because I know he's been playing a lot of golf and working hard, I'm going to start Colin Marikawa. You're going to be surprised at who I'm going to sit this afternoon, guys. Mm -hmm. This is going to be a bit of a shocker for you. And you could go many ways and find guys that have not played well, and you go, hey, I'm going to sit Chris Kirk because he's starting at 215th. And you could certainly go that route and go that way. I'm going a little bit more bold on who I'm going to sit. And I'm going to sit Justin Thomas, guys. And, and I am going to oh. sit Justin Thomas for one reason and one reason only. He's as good as anybody in the world when he's playing well. His FedEx Cup ranking says you should start him. His pairings suggest you should start him. His official world golf rankings suggest you should start him. I did not like his response to what Ricky Fowler's doing with the microphone in CBS. I see a jittery Thursday start coming from Justin Thomas. I see a guy maybe playing golf with his mind elsewhere, looking at different things, and maybe a Justin Thomas about to do his best Bubba Watson impression at 1255 local. Do you think I'm nuts, guys, or do you think I might be onto something there? Not sure if I not sure if I agree with your reasoning, <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, but I think the pick is not uh, not a bad one. It could it could be. Um, you know, he had a comment in his press conference that kind of scared me a little bit when he said, uh, I, I, you know, I don't know if I'm, how much rust I'm going to have. I get rusty normally after two or three weeks away from golf. So now he's been off for two or three months or three or four months. Um, so that's a little bit of a concern to me, too. But I think, I think the pick is a solid one. Scully, lunatic, smart. Right reasons, wrong reasons, where do you land on Justin Thomas? Well, Mark, I would never call you a lunatic, first of all. <laughs> Second of all, I think we know that Justin Thomas is definitely going to be social distancing from Ricky Fowler, so he's nowhere near him. So Justin Thomas's voice doesn't get picked up on the mic. Uh, about on the golf course, who knows how he'll play. Uh, he, he showed some great form in the broadcasting booth uh, in the match a couple weeks ago. Um, but I know Justin Thomas has been playing a lot of golf. Let's see if he can get in the red this afternoon. Well, Scully, the good news is this. We don't have to wait very long to find out how crazy or smart I am. We will know in a few hours as the coverage will continue. Uh, of course, PGA Tour Live is up and going. Sirius XM PGA Tour Radio is up and going. Golf Channel takes the handoff this afternoon. The weekend, we've got TSN and CTV bringing you rounds three and four. And we're back Saturday morning, Adam, so we'll have a lot to chew on. We will actually have two rounds in the books, and we will be able to see if any of our uh, instincts, so to speak, on um, fantasy land when it came to the reboot were accurate or not. Because not just who we like to start and who we like to bench, but we've been throwing around names all week that we uh, might like for this, and we'll uh, figure it out on Saturday morning and set up rounds three or four. Adam, are you playing any golf before we say goodbye? You get out there this afternoon or tomorrow, maybe a new course rec record at Bayview, maybe drive the 10th green from the back tee deck up over the corner. It's inevitable. The way you're hitting it, eventually you're going to be putting for two at 10 at Bayview. You know, I haven't thought about that lie. However, that line on 10, you were very complimentary of my putting stroke, though. So if I, I should have recorded you speaking and just played it on a loop for me, just so I'm confident going out to the golf course. I am playing tomorrow, Friday, and on Saturday, a couple hours after we're finished Golf Talk Canada Radio. Looking forward to getting back out there and looking forward to hopefully having another chance to break par. 
Adam, there are four things you're doing right now with the short stick that I am in love with that you need to continue four to things. do. Wow. Four things. These are. This is why I'm going to tell you why you're putting well. Okay, I'm going to tell you why you're putting well. One, your eyes are slightly inside the line. You're not over top of it anymore, and then falling over the other side. So you're just far enough back where you can see the line now. That's one. Two, you've shortened your stroke. You've tightened it up, which I love. The shorter you bring it back, as long as it's not jabby, the worse, uh, you know, the longer you go, the more chance you have of getting it offline and deselling, which leads me to number three. Because you've shortened it up, you're accelerating through impact. It's not a passive stroke. It's an aggressive stroke, and I love it. And number four, maybe the most important thing, you actually believe you're putting well. And the six inches between the ears is more important than anything else when you get that l wicked little devil named the putter in your hand that can just make this game so bloody miserable at times. So you keep doing what you're doing, and you have a great round tomorrow, Adam, and we will see you Saturday morning. Thanks, On the Bells. other side, we're going to give those uh, leaderboard updates. Corn Ferry, Charles Schwab, get you caught up on everything that is G. TC, including 20 Weeks TaylorMade, and how you can win close to 20000 in product across the summer. 20 Weeks TaylorMade right here on Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by SmartGolfDeals.com was brought to you by the Muskoka Bay Club. Live, stay, and play at our award-winning championship golf course. Visit MuskokaBayResort.com today. This is Golf Talk Canada, celebrating 10 years as Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program, presented by SmartGolfDeals.com. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Adidas Golf, pushing the boundaries in golf footwear once again with the all-new Code Chaos, meant to challenge the definition of what a golf shoe can be. Visit Adidas.ca. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada as we wrap up today's show. Let's get you caught up on leaderboards from the world of golf, which are brought to you by Cedar Bray uh, Golf Club. Just minutes from downtown Toronto, now with more flexible and affordable options for intermediate membership programs. There has never been a better time to join Cedar Bray Golf Club, especially under the age of 45 with their flexible options in the intermediate category. Visit cedarbraygolf.com for more information. Corn Ferry Challenge at TPC Sawgrasses. Happening in round one, Paul Barron is the 64 in the clubhouse. Uh, Paul Barron, excuse me, six under par. He is your leader. That is good for a two-shot lead over a host of players at four under par. Adam Svensson, two under. Mike Weir, two under. Michael Glickick, one under. David Hearn, the lone Canadian over par right now at one over. That is the first round on the Corn Ferry Tour. Charles Schwab Challenge. Justin Rose 63, bogey-free. He's in the clubhouse. That's good for a one-shot lead over Jonathan Vegas. Also bogey-free at 64. Look who has worked their way to six under par. Canadian Adam Hadwin, one left to play. He's six under. Abraham Answer also at six under. He's in the clubhouse with a 64. 
Brian Harmon in the clubhouse with the 65 alongside Gary Woodland and Bryson DeChambeau at 65, 5 under par. One back, Sanjay Am along with a group that includes Corey Connors and Cameron Champ, Brandon Grace. They're 4 under par. More players on the golf course at 4 under as well. Matt Hughes at 2 under par. Lots of good golf being played. Bob, the one thing right now that is surprising me that we may have all gotten wrong, because I think we've been pretty bang on with the type of golfer and what style of play is going to do well at the Charles Schwab Challenge at Colonial. I think we've all been fairly accurate on that, where we may have missed the boat. And I understand it's round one, and I understand the setup can change this as we go along. But I am right now surprised at the overall quality of scoring in round one. It's uh, it's pretty remarkable. I'm just kind of going through some of the statistics here and looking at some of these uh, players. And Adam Hadwin is has missed three fairways and just two greens so far through. He's on the 18th hole right now. Uh, he's also 2.260 plus on strokes gained putting. Um Justin Rose, who is the leader, is 3.395 strokes gained putting. We were talking about the, <laughs> the fact that we didn't think it was going to be a real putting contest here, but uh, the guys who are moving the flat blades are certainly up near the top of the leaderboard. Yeah, right now, all those guys on top of the leaderboard, they all have two things in common right now, and I'm looking at them because even Johnny V, Johnny V's positive side of strokes game putting, he's almost 90% of his greens in regulation. Justin Rose, 67% of his greens in regulation. Again, another guy on the positive side. So if you're marrying up those two things right now, which was, you know, it's funny we're doing this at Hogan's Alley, Bob, because uh, Ben Hogan, if he could have always married his putting with his uh, greens and reg stats, well, he might have never lost. And the guys on top of the leaderboard right right now are doing those two things, marrying the flat stick with greens in regulation. Not a surprise. Those are two categories. If you put them together, you typically get to win. Bob, we're giving away six dozen golf balls this week, 20 weeks of TaylorMade, six dozen TP5 or TP5X for anyone who follows us on social media at Golf Talk Canada. We're giving away close to 20K in product throughout the summer on Golf Talk Canada, 20 weeks of TaylorMade grand prize, custom set through the bag of TaylorMade golf equipment. The only way you can win is you must follow us at Golf Talk Canada on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. If you already follow us, you're already in. Bob, are you a TP5 or TP5X guy? I can't remember because I don't know if you remember. I'm an X guy. You're an X guy. Do you remember us when we were in uh, Carlsbad where our friend Rick Young said, Mark, you should be playing the five and not the X? And then I said, okay, I'll try it. And I went out that afternoon, switched golf balls for the first time and had nine birdies at uh, Goat Hill. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yes. I think think you should hire Rick maybe as your equipment consultant. Yeah. (laughs) That's well. That's that's Rick's maybe the best in the country at that. So yeah, for sure. You know what? You know, so maybe maybe I see a chain coming here, Bob. I hire Rick as my equipment consultant. Scully hires me as his uh, putting consultant. Uh, we could put together a pretty uh, a pretty uh, solid team here. You know, nine birdies. Uh, I don't care uh, who you are, where you are. That's a pretty good proof in the pudding, Bob. Thanks so much. Was- as always, always a blast. Lots of good golf to watch. Uh, we'll be back Saturday morning, 8 to 10 a.m. ET, GTC Radio in the national time slot. And don't forget, we're back all summer, Tuesdays and Thursdays, 12 to 2, right here on TSN 1050. First good decision on the golf course always starts in the closet. Thank you for listening. 
This segment of GTC presented by SmartGolfDeals.com was brought to you by Adidas Golf. Pushing the boundaries in golf footwear once again with the all-new Code Chaos. Meant to challenge the definition of what a golf shoe can be. Visit Adidas.ca. Thank you for listening to GTC. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. For show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit GolfTalkCanada.com. And don't miss Golf Talk Canada Television, weekly on the TSN Television Network.